Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 3.4 of the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking about one of those things that can be so hard to do when you've received a cancer diagnosis, asking for help. This can be a challenge because it involves a few factors on the human level that may be a little uncomfortable. So today I'm going to talk about three parts of yourself that need to be considered when talking about asking for help. If you are a new listener, I want to welcome you to the podcast. You have landed here for a reason that you may not even be aware of yet, but I am so confident that you are going to figure it out. If you find what you've learned here today to be helpful, please share it with other people you know that could benefit from this and other episodes. Sharing helps me to support more people living with cancer and help them to move from survivor to thriver. And if you want to go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram, I would love to have you as part of that community. You can find me at Catherine White Wellness. Give me a follow, take a screenshot of the follow, send it to me in a DM, and I will send you a free copy of my guide to managing cancer in everyday life. All right, we have lots to cover, so let's get started. Welcome to the Living to Thrive with Cancer podcast, a podcast about the big and little issues that come with living with cancer. I'm Katherine White, a stage 4 colon cancer thriver passionate about supporting others who have faced a cancer diagnosis and are looking to feel empowered in taking back control of their health and happiness. My own health scare helped me to learn more about myself and how to live with cancer and it led me to become a cancer support coach so I can help others through the ins and outs, the ups and downs, and all the crazy things that come with life with cancer. So let's get started. One of the hardest things for me in my life has been giving myself permission to ask for help. My fierce independence held me back from asking for help for the better part of my life. I, for some reason, which I'm going to get into, viewed asking something of others as a weakness. I know now that asking for help is actually a superpower. Have you ever played that game where people say, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Would it be the ability to run faster than a speeding bullet? Would you want to have super strength to lift and carry heavy objects, x-ray vision so you can see everything, or would it be immortality? Now, I'm sure that I have given a variety of answers to this game over the years, but what I've come to learn is that the actual superpower I need in my life is the courage to ask for help. So I want to share with you a little bit more about this, and this requires some vulnerability on my part. So I'm going to take a big breath and move forward here. Growing up, I developed a very strong sense of independence and this facade that I could do everything myself. In my mind, not being able to do everything myself was a weakness. I had learned over the years to count on myself and that placing trust in others to be there when I needed them required vulnerability. And vulnerable was not something I was willing to be. Now, as I've done my own work around who I am and what my emotional blocks are, I've come to learn a lot about myself. I don't know if any of my reasons will resonate with you or maybe they will allow you to start a conversation with yourself about who you are and your unique qualities that may be preventing you from asking for help or moving forward. But here's what I've identified for myself. The first thing that came up for me was that I moved a lot in my formative years and into my early adult years. I moved when I was 6, 8, 16, 19, 22, 24, and 25. 
And each time I moved, I had to make new friends. I had to learn how to fit in. And I had to navigate new people, new neighborhoods, new peers, new environments like school, work, and social activities. And there's a lot of emotional energy that goes into reestablishing yourself. As a child, as much as we say kids are resilient and make friends easy, there's a price to pay for the, all that instability. For me, it was learning to manage things on my own. I couldn't count. I didn't feel like I could count on other people. And so neural pathways were created in my, in my brain around discomfort and instability and self-consciousness and being unable to ask for help because I just had to do it myself. The second thing was about growing up in an emotionally unstable home. Growing up, my family dynamic had some challenges. As a child, not being able to predict the tone of the house from day to day, not being able to feel stability and having to navigate emotional uncertainty created a sense of being alone, which in turn created a coping strategy of figuring things out for myself emotions, answers to big questions, and unpredictability created more neural pathways in my brain around coping, insecurity, uncertainty, and emotional problem-solving skills. Now as an adult, understanding this, as an adult who has gone back and reflected on my life and, and doing this work for myself to help heal my soul, it makes sense to me why I couldn't ask for help, and it makes sense to me how our life experiences have an impact on us and can make things like asking for help really, really hard. So let's talk about the three things that I've identified as part of yourself that need to be considered when we talk about asking for help. The first is the need to accept that this is happening in your life, as in you have a cancer diagnosis. In episode 1.20, Acceptance and Rejection, I address the idea of accepting the fact that you have received a cancer diagnosis. This is part of being an exceptional healing patient and in being able to ask for help. Realistically, you have to admit that there's a problem or situation that needs support in order to be able to ask for help. If you ignore or deny what's happening, pretending that nothing is wrong, you're actually doing yourself a disservice on many levels. So I'd invite you to go back to episode 1.20. I'm going to put the link in the show notes so that you can learn more about this idea. But in the meantime, when it comes to asking for help, I want you to remember that you have to know that there's a problem. You have to acknowledge the problem. And you need to get to a place where you know that you cannot and do not have to do this alone. The second piece is linked to this very closely, and that is that you have to allow yourself to be vulnerable. Now, perhaps you're familiar with Brene Brown, the leading expert on vulnerability. In her talk, Embracing Vulnerability, which I've linked in the show notes for you, she says that in vulnerability lies fear, disappointment, feeling exposed, and uncertainty. But she also goes on to say that courage, something we need to have to overcome our vulnerability, requires us to share all of ourselves with our whole heart. And that includes asking for help. She even says that innovation and creativity are born out of vulnerability. Perhaps by holding back, by not taking risks, there are opportunities that you are missing out on. 
I know I missed out on all kinds of things because I couldn't put myself out there and risk the potential for judgment or my perception of judgment and how people would view me. One of the biggest decisions of my life required a tremendous amount of courage and vulnerability. And that was leaving my teaching job complete with a pension to go and figure myself out after my cancer diagnosis, after I had moved through the treatment process and into the healing process. I had to take chances and explore aspects of myself that I've never visited before. And then, because I finally allowed myself to be vulnerable, I took the next step and decided to start my own business. And that has required me to do a lot of asking for help. And I'm perfectly okay with that now. I had to be brave to move forward into the unknown. And this is just one example. But I had to be brave moving forward into the unknown. And I finally had to let go of the control and accept that it's okay to not know what to do and to ask the people who do know what to do for help. Asking for help is a way of investing in yourself. It is you saying, I want to find a better way or a different way or even just the way to help myself. But to do that, I need someone else to help me find that peace. So reaching out to others to ask for help is not a weakness. So many of us are reluctant to ask for help because we view asking for help as a sign of weakness. When in fact, it's the opposite. It is a sign of strength and confidence. I just want to talk for a second before we move on to the third part about um, being an introvert. I am totally 100% an introvert. I know how to be an extrovert, but I truly am an introvert. And as an introvert myself, this concept of asking for help being a sign of strength and confidence struck me very deeply. And I was looking at this concept of being an introvert and vulnerability when I came across a quote by Beth Bulow of The Introvert Entrepreneur. And this is what she said. I am an introvert. That means that when I'm feeling down, chances are that I won't actually go to you for help. In fact, I won't go to anyone for help. You'll actually have to come to me. I don't feel that I should burden others with my problems, but if you come to me, I might just trust you enough to let you help. Wow. When I read that quote in that moment, I learned so much about myself, but also about why people are reluctant to ask for help and why as related to self-care and personal wellness, our lives and our choices are subject to the judgment of others, whether it's asked for, deserved, or wanted. To share that you want to make a change, like Stop eating meat, start an exercise program, sign up for self-improvement courses, go for coaching, even read a self-help book, leaves you open to the eye-rolling, tongue-clicking, social media-responding judgment of those who, in all likelihood, wish that they could be brave enough to do the same. Or maybe not. Maybe they're just judgy people. But that's not our problem, is it? All right, our third thing is that you need to feel safe and have trust in yourself and others. People really need to feel safe and trust before they can ask for help. Our health and wellness is such a personal piece and we are protective of it because sharing that there's something about ourselves that we believe to be less than ideal in our life means sharing that we want to make a change but don't know what to do or where to start. 
And that makes us vulnerable and open to judgment and criticism. It takes courage to look at yourself and say, now is the time. Now is when I need to do something. Here I am asking for help or guidance or direction, whatever you want to call it. Here I am. And that's why asking for help is a superpower. It requires your inner voice to show itself, to show up, and to risk being vulnerable. Acknowledging who you are, what you need, and that you perhaps cannot do it alone takes courage. It is the bravest and the best thing you can do for yourself. And maybe, just maybe, those who would judge will instead become inspired by your faith in yourself, your trust in someone else, and your vulnerability and courage. I understand now why I had difficulty asking for help in the past. It required me, the self-proclaimed introvert and the wounded child, to have courage. It required me to be able to admit to myself that I needed extra support. And it required me to have a deep level of trust in the person I was asking for help from. Overcoming that is work. And it's a work in progress. But it's good work. And it is the work that I hope you will do for yourself. Because friend, you are strong. You are brave. And you get to decide how you want to use your superpower. So the next time someone asks you, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? What are you going to say? If you're ready to become a cancer thriver, I would love for you to join my Living to Thrive program. Get access to six modules related to the body, mind, and spirit that will help you to develop strategies and to transform your life with cancer. This includes recipes, meditations, yoga videos, self-care practices, and so much more. And you get access to twice a month group coaching calls. But most importantly, you get to start creating your life with cancer based on what you want for yourself. And as you do this, you'll find yourself moving out of survival mode and into becoming a cancer thriver. And if you want help making that decision, because decision overwhelm is a real thing for cancer thrivers, I can help you with that too. We can just get on a call, talk about what your needs are to make sure you get into the space that is the best fit for you. After all, this is your cancer story and you get to decide what it's going to look like. And friends, one more thing. If you have enjoyed this or other episodes, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a review wherever you are listening to this episode. This helps me to reach more people like you who are looking for support and guidance and a different way to live with cancer. Hit subscribe. Make sure you follow the podcast so that you can gather the tools and strategies that you can bring into your own thriving life. Thank you so much for being here today. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And may you live your life to your fullest, follow your heart, and thrive in all you do.